0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG open makes more possible.
1: Hey, it's Jay Zawoski. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. I'll be right with you with the new episode in a matter of moments. But first, I want to let you know about my new Blackhawks book coming out on November 10th. It's called The Big 50, The Men in Moments That Made the Chicago Blackhawks, published by Triumph Books. The foreword is written by two-time Stanley Cup champion David Boland. If you're interested in ordering my book, and I would greatly appreciate it if you did, head to bookshop.org or bookiesbookstores.com to support great independent booksellers if you're more of an amazon kind of a person you can get it there too or any major book retailer the name of the book the big 50 the men and moments that made the chicago blackhawks by jay zawoski that's me coming out november 10th from
0: triumph books the madhouse chicago hockey podcast is brought to you by triple threat sports Marishka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 the Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC 5 Chicago. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawaski of 670 The Score and the I'm Fat Podcast and a best-selling author and a <laughs> NHL 94 savant. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, little things you can throw on Jay Zawaski's resume, but the most important one of all, he's a handsome man. Jay, how are you doing, buddy? Wow,
1: So few of the things you said are true, except the handsome part. That is true. Thanks for joining us on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. James mentioned the I'm Fat Podcast. New episode dropped on Monday, so go check that out. But more importantly, follow us on Twitter at MadhousePod, Instagram Madhouse underscore pod, Facebook Madhouse Hockey CHI, and uh, we're on Patreon at MadhousePod. We've got MadhousePod.com. Listen, here's the deal. Go to any of our social media profiles, check out our link tree, and it will take you everywhere you need to go in the world of the Madhouse podcast. And there is a link to my new book, the big 50, the men and moments that made the Chicago Blackhawks out November 10th. Uh, but in the coming days and weeks, I'll be giving you news on how you can get a pre-release copy signed by me. So keep your eyes out for that. But the big news of the day, Stan Bowman pulls it off somehow.
0: Oh my God.
1: Gets the deal of the off season done. Trading. Trading. Superstar winger Dylan Sakura to the Las Vegas Golden Knights for Blackhawks legend Brandon Peary. Cause God forbid Stan Bowman makes a trade for a player that was not a Blackhawk before. God, what is the point of this? It's not worth raving about and ranting about. Other teams are making significant moves. Stan, we still don't have a goalie. We don't have D- Dominic Kubalik signed or Dylan Strom signed, but boy, thank God we got Brandon Peary back. Do something that matters. <laughs> and I know, look, like this, I, I'm being hypocritical because last week when Tariq Cohen got a new deal and Alan Robinson didn't, I was yelling at people to be like, they're not mutually exclusive. You can do both things at once, but damn it. I'm frustrated. What is happening in goal for the Blackhawks? We still don't know and we can't know what anything else what happens with anything else until we have that answer solved stan you're being too patient you've got to do something dude i'm like the last guy who ever stands up for you but this is ridiculous something's got to get done something's got to give the draft is next week
0: i was going to say that like the draft is next week free agency starts next week this is not the time of year to be reacquiring retreads man like, it is the time of year to be making moves. This is not the type of move the Blackhawks should probably be making. Like, honestly, I I knew Brandon Peary obviously had made some appearances in the NHL last season. I knew he obviously had been with the uh, Chicago Wolves. We saw him play with – I saw him play with the Wolves last season. Not to break. I just I'm – I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain over why adding Brandon Peary was apparently such a priority – For the Blackhawks front office, considering the fact that they need to start getting some like actual prospects in here to start playing some games and to potentially like kind of replenish the system that honestly is kind of bereft of quality forward players getting a 30, a soon to be 30 year old, probably not in that like realm of something that the Blackhawks actually need to do. Jay, do you remember the year that Brandon Peary was drafted by chance?
1: Um, top of my head. I don't have it. I would say like. Oh, nine. Is that right? That is correct, sir. He
0: was a 2009 draft pick. Second round of the Blackhawks made his debut in the 2010 2011 season on the night. The Blackhawks raised their Stanley Cup banner. I know I was there. He filled in for uh, Patrick Sharp that evening. Um, But yeah, so far in his NHL career. 72 goals, 49 assists in 275 career NHL games. So this guy who's basically been a journeyman player, very clearly not going to, like, light the world on fire at all. I'm not sure why the Blackhawks insisted that now was the time to bring in yet another retread when they have so many other things, like you said, that they have to address. And honestly – You couldn't have gotten a sixth or a seventh round draft pick for this guy.
1: That's like, come
0: on. You cannot tell me you couldn't have gotten that for Dylan Secura. I'm not expecting like a second or a third or anything stupid like that, but I'm expecting you can get something that can at least be turned into a lottery ticket instead of a almost 30 year old guy who's been there and done that with this team.
1: Two points in 16 games last year for the Knights. Uh, This is your classic for a hockey player, right? Like probably too good to stay in the AHL. Not good enough to be a full-time NHL player in here. The the honest question, and the honest answer to the question is, if today was a game seven, are the Blackhawks better with Brandon Peary in the lineup than they are with Dylan Secura? The answer to that question, in my opinion, is yes. I think 29-year-old Brandon Peary is better than Dylan Secura today. However, like you said, you have an asset in Dylan Secura, and Dylan Secura is not a guy who's going to fetch you a second or a third-round pick. But to just flip him for fodder for depth for a guy who's not going to make much of an impact at all on the team next season unless there's some sort of bigger move coming which could be you know maybe in a week we're like okay now the period thing makes a little bit more sense fine but you've got Ryan Carpenter you've got David Camp, you've got these bottom six center slash winger type guys I just don't know where Brandon Peary fits I don't know why this move is necessary and you can't tell me You couldn't have found, like you said, a lottery ticket for Dylan Secura. There had to be some team out there that would say, we'll give you a six-round pick for him just to take a flyer on a kid who has shown some speed and some skills and could just maybe use a change of scenery instead. It's Brandon Peary, and there's nobody else in hockey who you haven't tried already? What is this (laughs) with Stan Bowman with these retreads? Be, bring back some some fresh blood, some fresh perspective, even like bringing him back Andrew Shaw, which it was a move I liked at the time, even though it hasn't really worked out to this point because of injury. Why not try someone from a different organization who can bring in a different thought or a different, Hey, here's something I learned from Peter Laviolette or Elaine Vigneault or coach X on this, in this game, you keep bringing back the same dude's It just makes me think that Sam Bowman lacks creativity. And that, to me, is a terrifying thought when you're thinking about a GM. I I just – how like, he brought Johnny Oduya back. He brought Brian Campbell back. He brought Patrick Sharp back. Andrew Shaw back. Like, find someone different from a different team maybe. I can see if you do it once or twice. But damn, man. Like, even casual – I was doing the MFAB podcast with Rick today when the trade broke and, he, and Rick said, he's like, why did they keep bringing back old Hawks? I'm like, dude, <laughs> I wish I knew.
0: You know what, I, Jay, I figured it out. Breaking news here on the Madhouse Podcast. Uh-oh. I figured out why Stan Bowman felt compelled to do this trade. He had to find a replacement for Pius Suter and for Matei Chalupa and for Philip Kirashev and Michael Tepley, all these guys they sent out on loan. That's clearly it. They had been clearing the decks for this Brandon Peary deal. It all makes sense now.
1: I think we've nailed it. I, th- I think you have solved the puzzle, my friend. You are uh, you are a savant. An idiot savant, uh, some would say. Uh, it, but a fun
0: fact, by the way. Brandon Peary, the third cheapest contract the Blackhawks have on the books currently. Sorry, fourth cheapest contract the Blackhawks have on the books currently.
1: But what was Secura's contract?
0: He is one more year, $775,000. There are... Let's see, I'm counting right now. This is so riveting. One, two, <laughs> three, four players on the Blackhawks that make less than he does. Care to take a crack at who any of those guys are? Um,
1: current Blackhawks that make less two than
0: Two on that. the NHL roster, two are prospects. Kampf. Actually, David Camp is not one of them. He makes a million dollars a season.
1: Hmm, I feel like I should know this.
0: There is one forward and one defenseman on the NHL roster. Uh, there is one player who was on the NHL roster, caused a bit of a stir during the playoffs when he played, and then one non-roster goaltender.
1: How about, okay, you gave me the clue there with Highmore.
0: Matthew Highmore is indeed one of them, makes 725000 on his ELC.
1: Um, Nick Sealer's older, so I think he'd make more. He's 27, Oh, but you'd right? be
0: wrong. Nick Sealer makes 725000 a year. He is one of them. And then... then there is a forward who was on the Blackhawks' playoff roster, did appear, I believe, in two games. Hmm. That should be kind of a giveaway.
1: Oh, Quenville.
0: John Quenville, 750000 and a non-roster goaltender. That's There's two guys, so take a guess. Uh, Tompkins. Matt Tompkins, $700,000. Those are the Blackhawks who make more money than Brandon Peary.
1: Well, that's exciting. <laughs> I'm glad we did that. With that $750,000, though, you know what Brandon Peary can buy a lot of? Poor Boys from Marishka's. That's right. Our friends at Mariska's 604 Theater Street, family owned and operated since 1933. I had the pleasure of visiting our friend Joe Zadrolovich a couple of weeks ago. Had a road Poor Boy ready for me. I devoured it at Lewis University in the parking lot and felt fat shame, but it was totally worth it. Go try the Poor Boy. Go try the Yodel burger the twice-baked potatoes, the delicious onion rings. Everything at Mariska's is terrific. You will absolutely love it. And like James told you last week, dining room open out there in Crest Hill. So again, 604, our Street, Mariska's.com or Facebook.com slash Mariska's. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. Now look, back to, this, back to the Peary thing. I'm not like actually mad about it because fine right it's it's basically like a throwaway move the the money's a wash maybe you think brandon period will bring you more success than a six-round pick will fine you can you can convince me you can get my brain there it just so feels like like stan stan is asleep at the wheel and i know that's not true and i know i sound like a meatball but this this goaltending thing is hanging over their heads, and the longer this goes with Corey Crawford, if Corey Crawford goes and tests free agency, how horrible does the Robin Leonard trade look? Because you had him; he was here; he was ready to sign, according to him, right? And all the right. rumors are saying he's going to sign in Vegas for five million. So if Corey Crawford goes and plays free agency and says, "Look, Team X is giving me four and a half," what are you going to do, Stan? Stan's going to let him go, let him walk. And then Apparently. you've got to either sign a goalie or you've got to give up assets to acquire a goalie. Right? Like, this is a bad situation. And even though I do believe Corey Crawford is going to be back as the Blackhawks goalie one way or another, this was a big mis- miscalculation by Bowman. If he was so. It, the, the, trading Robin Leonard indicates to me he's very confident. He knows what it's going to cost to bring Corey Crawford back and knows he can get it done. And here we are. A week before free agency begins with no goalie. And that's that's terrifying to me.
0: Well yeah, and, and see that's the thing that I keep having to bring up too, is like we discuss like what seems to be this lack of a plan. What if Stan Bowman's plan was never that he wanted to spend eleven million dollars on goaltenders again? What if he decided he wanted to try to do this as cheaply and effectively as he could, and so he's decided that going out and getting kind of a lower tier goaltender in free agency and pairing him up with either Malcolm Subban or Colin Delia. What if he's decided that's the strategy? Does that bother you? If that's the thought process here?
1: Yes, because none of them are proven and Mm. okay, but here I'll, okay, fine. I'll let's talk about that because if, if you're doing that, you are openly acknowledging that you're not trying to win right? I that, think that, I, that, that's yeah. an admission that this is a rebuilding year. If you're I saying, would agree with that. If you're saying we've got three young goalies that we kind of like, but we're not sold on any of the three, we're going to use this season to evaluate them. This is not a year they're trying to win, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But if that's the case, then it's time to start moving out some of these veteran players, right? right. But that's who can
0: exactly you, what I was going to say.
1: But who is that? Is that Taves? Is it Kane? Is it Keith? Is it Seabrook? No one's going to take Seabrook. If you trade Duncan Keith, you are strapping in for – if you trade Duncan Keith, strap it in for a historically bad – not as bad as the Red Wings, but almost as bad as the Red Wings kind of a season. Because as bad as he was in the playoffs, he's like the only guy you trust on a regular basis. There's guys who flash and have pretty good parts, you know, and I guess Connor Murphy is really solid too. But beyond that, it's kind of a crapshoot. you can count on Calvin DeHaan to be your number two defenseman with – a wonky shoulder and oh my god Ugh. it's scary man but like that's the other thing if you're going to rebuild that decision needs to be made a week before the draft and a week before free agency i'm sorry it just feels like they lack a plan and that bowman estimated like well you know court will be happy to come back for what we offered him a three and a half million dollar deal whatever it was right and now he's not and sounds like wait what you don't <laughs> you don't like that but you've got he's got to be prepared for that scenario, and we heard they're kicking the tires on, on Darcy Kemper. But Darcy Kemper, who I, I think I would take right now over Crawford, makes a million makes four and a half million bucks. He's five years younger, but you're going to have to give up assets to get him. Yep, and is trading the rights to Dylan Strome for for Darcy Kemper, and then bringing Brandon Brandon Perian as your third line center. Does that make you a better team? I don't think so, man. I. I don't know. I, I just don't know what the plan is, and there's nothing to indicate to me that there is much of one, and that that's that's not good. I don't think See, I've ever felt this way about Bowman before, honestly.
0: It's here's the issue, and you like kind of uh, tiptoed around it a little bit, but if, I think it bears kind of drilling down on. Not only is there not a plan, but you don't even have like a semblance of an idea of what direction you want this team to go in. Middling around is not a freaking option right now for the Blackhawks. Like, what, do you think you're going to somehow magically luck into a 22-team playoff again next season? No, that's not how this is going to (laughs) work. Like, you can't assume that you're going to get another freaking COVID fast up in Edmonton and Toronto next year. You cannot operate under that assumption. And if you ask me right now if the Blackhawks, if they go into next season with the exact – same roster that they had last season. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They swap out Dylan Secura for Brandon Peary. I'm sorry. <laughs> Other than that move, and if you've you got go Mitchell. into...
1: You've got Mitchell you go in, and you've got Suter.
0: You go into next season, are those additions enough to make you a playoff contender? If you have Corey Crawford and Malcolm Suban or Colin Delia or whoever in net, is that a good enough offseason for you to get into the postseason?
1: If Pia Suter is another Kubelik... So we're talking 30 goals.
0: You mean a Calder Trophy finalist?
1: Yes. If he's that, if if Kirby Doc becomes a 50, 60-point guy, and Ian Mitchell is a guy who can solidify your top four, maybe. But those are a lot of huge ifs.
0: Uh-huh. Huge ifs. And yeah. that's also
1: assuming there's not a step back for Duncan Keith, which yep. there almost has to be. Right?
0: That's I, assuming there's not a step back for a guy like Jonathan Taves, right. who isn't the, getting any younger.
1: And, and to your point, if all those ifs don't come true, which is very unlikely, why not just begin the rebuild?
0: Bingo. You either commit to making this current roster better, or you commit to tearing it down. And I know... It's difficult to do either of those things based on the contracts the Blackhawks currently have on the books. I get it. That makes total sense. The issue is you have to commit to something. And the fact that the Blackhawks seem to be content to do this middling act where your big moves are going to be acquiring guys like Brandon Peary, like, first of all, get the Corey Crawford situation figured out. There is no competitive advantage to be gleaned here to not signing him to a contract. And then the day of free agency going up, see you, Corey. Like, issue a press release, say you're not re-signing him, and move on. It's like what the uh, Minnesota Wild did with Miko Koivu. Like, it's a guy who's had a huge impact on your roster. You give him that opportunity to go out with that kind of a press release and flowery language, and you let him go out and strike his own trail – Like, what? Are the Blackhawks, like, honestly sitting there thinking to themselves, oh, we'll let him test the market and we'll see what happens. It's it's time to – pardon the language, listeners. It's time to either shit or get off the pot. Like, if you're going to offer him a contract, freaking do it. And if you're not, let him go. Give him the press release, give him the plaudits, give him everything that he deserves, but at least demonstrate to me and to everybody else who supports this team, demonstrate to me that you know what the hell you're doing and you know what the path forward is, because like you said, it doesn't seem like they have one right now, and that's death in sports. If you don't have a plan to move forward and you don't have a definitive direction, whether it's forward or backward, you're nothing you'll be nothing, you'll continue to be nothing, and you'll continue to be this middling crap franchise that's painful to watch for 82 games. You sound
1: like my dad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but here, look, what we're saying, is that that far-fetched of an idea? As James was going off there, I, I took down some notes, okay? So if we're talking about the Blackhawks rebuilding and you look at franchises rebuilding, you're like, oh, it's going to be another 10, 15 years before they're good or competitive. Here's what they've got so far in terms of the rebuild. Kirby Doc is 19. Adam Bokwis is 20. Alex Dabrinkit is 22. Alex Nylander is 22. Ian Mitchell is 21. Dylan Strom, if he's back, is 23. Kubelik is 25. Pia Suter is 24. That's a pretty damn good start on a rebuild. If you can flip some of these... And look, if you want to keep Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze until they retire or until their deals are up, you're not going to get any argument from me. I think those guys still have plenty of really good hockey left. Okay, so that's a pretty solid starting point. Obviously, your defense is a problem. That's going to be a problem. But again, making these middling trades for guys who have been here before and done nothing here before, it doesn't accomplish anything. I just don't know what is the plan. And that's why the hope was like, okay, New team president. Guess what, Blackhawks? You've had since April to hire a new team president. Like we've said three or four times in this podcast, the draft and free agency begin next week. What is the plan from Rocky Wirtz, from Stan Bowman and beyond? This organization right now is flying from the Cedar Pants and it's going to end up in them being the next Detroit Red Wings if something definitive is not done quickly. You don't I don't, even mean have...
0: the, I don't mean the Red
1: Wings stick in a good way by the way
0: <laughs> no you do not you mean that as the yes. they're going to be like in last place in the league for several seasons
1: right and that's and how did the Red Wings get to this place because they placated Thomas Holmstrom and uh, um, who's the uh, Cronwall Nicholas Cronwall yep. and and Zetterberg hung on longer than he should and like well you know you can't turn your back on these guys who made the organization great well you didn't and now where are you right and you look at a guy like uh Dylan Larkin who was supposed to be the next big thing but he's the only thing they have for the (laughs) most part and what is that doing to him and his career and is that is that going to be eventually what you're doing to Kirby Doc that's I dude I just don't know where they're going to go from here they can be average for a long time are the Hawks happy with that maybe But Hawks fans should not be happy with that. I
0: was going to say Blackhawk fans should not be happy with that.
1: All right. Let's regroup. Let's take a break uh, and come back. Uh, I want to tell you first about our friends at Triple Threat Sports. Our new Madhouse podcast merchandise store should be open by the end of the week this week or early next week on the Triple Threat Sports website. So keep your eye out for that you need a jersey, you need a hat made uh, for your team, your corporate logo on polos, whatever, hit up our friend Chris Alwell, Chris at triplethreadsports.com 708-478-6090, Triple sports. If you can wear it, they can make it. We'll be right back with a whole lot more here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: What's it doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system in the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is a registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealers. See dealer for details.
1: Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here in Homewood. James Neveau out there in Bourbon. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors at Dr. Squatch Natural Soap Company. Madhouse podcast listeners have really jumped into Squatch Nation with aplomb. I like that word. It's a word I use a lot, aplomb. It's a good word. So I told you last month about the Mars Bar scent of the soap. One of my favorites. Well, this month they just released their chocolate milk scent. It's called Chalky Milk. It is a big brown brick. I got it the other day. Smells like a Tootsie Roll. And I make jokes like, these bars smell so good, you feel like you want to eat them. I literally almost took a bite of the Chalky Milk Bar. It was amazing. You do
0: host an I'm Fat podcast, I know.
1: Dude, it smells so good. It smells so good. So go to DrSquatch.com. Up there on the top right corner, you're going to see the Squatch Quiz take that Squatch quiz. It'll sort of help you. There's a lot of options on drsquatch.com. It will give you uh, kind of the best road to what what's going to help you the most. Do you need more of an exfoliation? Do you need more mo- moisturizing? Uh, is your hair a problem? Do you smell? All those sort of questions will be answered in the Squatch quiz, and they'll le- lead you in the right direction. I will say, pro tip, if you're going to order the soap, which you absolutely should, get yourself that soap saver. It's going to protect your investment, make it last a whole lot longer. Invest in yourself invest in your uh, skin and your hair and your body, go to drsquatch.com, use that promo code madhouse at checkout, and you will save 20% on your order and more importantly, help the podcast. So drsquatch.com, get yourself that soap saver, get yourself some thick bricks of soap and join Squatch Nation today.
0: That was beautiful, Jay. It always makes me want to go lather up and take a shower. Although I I do have to point out that you saying it's a big brown brick of something, don't, don't do that again. I should say
1: chocolatey brick.
0: That there a you go. More, That's little, way better. A little more appetizing <laughs> that way, yes. Um, I did want to bring up something that we had discussed in the last segment, obviously. um, wanted to bring up, again, like kind of this idea of not knowing what the plan is for the Blackhawks. We kind of were discussing this off air, and I, we thought that it would be a good thing to kind of bring on air. You're getting that vibe from around the league, too, aren't you? The, the, the direction of the Blackhawks isn't exactly clear right now.
1: No. people I, I have a limited number of sources, but they're all very good ones. They're all ones that I trust, and they they've never led me wrong ever in my what 15 years of like sort of officially covering the Blackhawks. And in the organization, out of the organization, to this day, like I said last segment, they've had since April. To figure out the team president thing, no one seems to know. From people in the hockey ops division to people in the marketing department to wherever, no one knows what the Hawks are gonna do. No one even knows what kind of president they're seeking. And I don't know, is this like just some sort of long play to say eh, it's Danny Wirtz? He's just gonna do it forever, right? Is that what this is? I think had they done that in April. And Rocky said like, look, this has always been a family organization uh, and we're going to keep it that way. So Danny Wurst is a team president. I think most people would have said, okay, cool. Young guy seems to know what he's doing, right? He's got his uh, finger on the pulse of the team and the city. Great. By all means, he's not Bill. So it's fine, right? I just don't get this. What are they waiting for? You know, you've got, we talked about Eddie Olchek interviewed around the league already. Kevin Weeks has been getting interviews around the league teams are making moves new coaches are getting hired meanwhile the Hawks are just sort of sitting around in limbo no one really knows is Jeremy Cowton safe or not is Stan Bowman safe or not I guess so considering the draft is the middle of next week I just again it's not that just James and I and fans like you guys listening don't see the plan people around the league don't see the plan that's bad that's you know in, in Rocky Wirtz's tenure this is really like the first thing he's done where I've been like, What what is he doing? Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense. They've got to fill this role.
0: And it's just it's kind of annoying too because like it's not like the NHL is on some sort of a moratorium because the Stanley Cup final is on. Right. Like there was there's been like no smoke to this at all even before that. And other teams are still making moves. Like, that's really frustrating to me that it's pretty clear like other teams are kind of like positioning themselves. No, we haven't had like an earth shattering move yet, but we've definitely had teams that have been pretty active and the Blackhawks are what doing little to nothing to improve and frankly, little to nothing to kind of reveal to us what exactly it is that they are planning on doing when they finally decide to, you know, bounce out of the Rip Van Winkle sleep cycle that they seem to be in.
1: Well, you're right. that no huge names have moved, but Mark Stahl went to the Red Wings, Patrick Hornquist went to the Panthers, Eric Stahl went to the Sabres, like big names are moving around. You know, it ha- there hasn't been like a Sidney Crosby type trade. There's not going to be. But it's not You like don't team... think Jack
0: Eichel's getting traded?
1: Maybe. Who knows? But it's just like teams are functioning as if hockey's gonna happen again. The Blackhawks are not. <laughs> it's like asleep at the wheel. It's very, very frustrating. And maybe I'm gonna feel better about this tomorrow. And honestly Like, as I was driving home from my parents' house today, went grocery shopping for them, was thinking about the show, driving home, like, all right, what are we going to get into? Okay, yeah, we'll do some Crawford. We'll do some Peary Trade. I didn't know that my feelings were going to come out the way they are. And I really wasn't feeling frustrated about it until you and I started talking about it. But here we are. And the other thing is, they've got these buyouts sort of lingering over their heads. They've got until October 8th to move on from the potential buyout guys, which would be uh, Zach Smith and, to a greater extent, Oli Mata. Now, look, I, I think that holding on to Mata as long as you can, seeing if you can get a pick for him makes some sense. I think if, if the Rangers can get a pick for Mark Stahl, who is towards the end of his career, um, I think the Hawks can get something for Oli Mata. It just... Yeah. I don't know, man. Once again, what's... The plan.
0: I i mean, do we do we actually know how the uh, buyout dates are working this year? I know the window is until October 8th, but I know isn't there like a, a distinction between buyouts that are done on June 15th as opposed to buyouts that are done later in the summer? I'm assuming it would probably be the June 15th buyout date considering that that's about where we're at in terms of the NHL calendar. So if the Blackhawks were to buy out Zach Smith, for by way of example, his cap hit this season is supposed to be three point two five million dollars. His buyout cost would be just a shade over one million dollars each of the next two seasons. So, yes, you would have a dead cap hit of a million dollars next season. Is that enough to you to justify buying him out? I think it is. Every penny is
1: going to count. And if it, if it's the difference between, you know, Kubelik <laughs> wants four or five million and you need that million. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're at the point now where every dollar on this roster is going to count for something.
0: Yep. And then, by the way, in case you were curious, if the Blackhawks aren't able to get anything for Ole Mod on the trade market, which I think they feasibly could, they may have to take a contract back on, but I still think they can save some money on that deal. If they wanted to buy him out, his cap hit is just over $4 million each in the next two seasons. His cap hit, if they were to buy him out – would be $680,000 roughly each of the next four seasons. So you would have a $680,000 dead cap hit for two of those seasons. That's fine. But but you're still saving $3.5 million. Like, yeah. that is a significant savings. Yeah, and
1: I like Olimata, and I don't think in a normal world I wouldn't mind keeping him around, but it's just, again, like, you need every penny to just break even in terms of talent next season. At best, mm-hmm. you might be – you. like, look, if you're losing Mata, I know people don't love Ole Mata, but this team is better with him than without him. I don't think there's much doubt about that. Yeah. He's one of your top four, right? So if Ian Mitchell comes in here and is really, really good and Slater Cuckoo takes another step forward, fine. But Ole Mata is still one of your better, more reliable, and more improved defensemen. So in a perfect world, you'd be able to keep him – but it's almost like they are forced to move Smith and Mata just to keep the team assembled otherwise.
0: Right. And it's this isn't a perfect world. Let's also say that.
1: No, it's, that has proven out more. than It's not a perfect world. It's been proven every day in 2020. All right. Before we wrap up, let's get to the email of the show.
0: Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod.
1: The email of the show today is brought to you by our friends at Fry the Coop, frythecoop.com. Go get the best damn hot chicken you've ever had. It has been too long for me, James, since I've been to Fry the Coop. I think I'm going to remedy that situation this week. My go-to spot for Fry the Coop is Oaklawn. Lawn. They're in Elmhurst. They're in Westtown. They are opening up all over the place. If you go to their Instagram account, obviously fry the coop you can see their new building in um prospect heights will be open soon it looks awesome they're showing the booths and the lighting in there so prospect heights you're about to get a new fry the coop nashville hot chicken tenders nashville hot chicken sandwich the donut chicken sandwich everything at fry the coop is amazing i've said it before i'll say it again i tried all the hot chicken places in nashville all the famous places from hattie b's to prince's to wherever I think Fry the Coop is better than all of them. So hit them them up, frythecoop.com. Go to Fry the Coop. Come get your happiness. Get some hot chicken. They've got um, contactless windows. You don't have to go in. Just walk right up. Get your order through the window. You can order online at frythecoop.com. So what are you waiting for? Go get yourself some damn good hot chicken. Here is the email of the show from our guy, Drew Matthews, who is a longtime Madhouse podcast listener and contributor. He says, I've been thinking about this and wondering, is Dylan Strom a luxury the Blackhawks can't afford with Taves and Doc as your number one and two centers and Strom not being able to adjust to wing he seems just like a luxury for he seems like a luxury for a third line center plus his defense isn't good enough to be a prototypical third line center I like Strom a lot but I feel like Doc's emergence has made him expendable could Strom be the young piece added to a deal to potentially get out from under the Seabrook contract possibly with the Hawks eating a bit of the contract too what do you guys think? Thanks for your time. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for the email. Um, we've taught, The luxury item thing has been discussed a lot. I like where your head's at, though, with the could he be the young piece added to a deal? Maybe. And from the way Brent Seabrook was talking after not being uh, allowed to, tra- not allowed, but the Hawks decided not to have him travel to Edmonton with the team for the playoffs, he sounds like he's probably looking for work elsewhere and, and, and would be fine moving on. If you're a team with some cap space, looking to add some young talent, some young proven talent, would you take on some of Brent Seabrook's contract to get Dylan Strom?
0: I am going to say something that you probably – I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. I don't think it's worth it. Like that Seabrook contract is so onerous and so big that even if the Blackhawks were to say, hey, we'll we'll take on, you know, half of it, Cause I think that's that's the max currently, right? Is you can take on half of the contracts. So that's what about 3.4 ish million. The Blackhawks would be on the hook for each of the next four seasons. I don't know if I'm willing to do that as another team, like even for Dylan Strom, just because of the fact you're probably going to have to give Dylan Strom about the same amount of money that we've been talking about, probably giving to dominate Cuba League like a four or $5 million deal. And when you couple those two things together, that's a, Big time ask for a guy who's no better than a second line center and a guy who probably isn't going to play 82 games at all the rest of his career. And you have no clue what the shelf life on him is going to be. So I don't think that's enough of a sweetener, frankly. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I,
1: because like at least with Brian Bickle, you could say, like, well, it's a lot, but it's not killer, it's four million. Right, and look, he's had some recent playoff success. Maybe just needs a change of scenery. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, here's uh, here's Tavo. Um, you know, just <laughs> let me throw that guy in. I,
0: yeah, the Seabrook. Contract, when did the Blackhawks reacquire him? By the way, yeah,
1: that would be nice. That's the guy we should be reacquiring. Um, or you know, Panarin, that'd be fine too. Um, but it, it's just the Seabrook thing. Best case scenario is you have a super expensive fifth defenseman that's best case right so even if you get dylan strome you can probably go sign a dylan strome for what you'd end up having to pay seabrook mm. right so you're so if they take on half of seabrook's contract so like you said it's a little less than three and a half million like 3.2 and then it's going to take you another 3.2 to sign to sign dylan strome ish right three to four Correct. that's six and a half million for those two just go sign a guy for six and a half million
0: (sighs) i mean these are not a lot of good options we're presenting ourselves with maybe we kind of figured out why the blackhawks haven't done anything i
1: mean they they kind of can't right like it's i don't know man maybe in a week everything becomes clear maybe at the draft they make a bunch of moves and um you sort of see the shape of the roster taking form or the or the long-term philosophy taking form. I don't know what the long-term philosophy is. I really don't. Are this they still Such
0: a This has been such a positive podcast. No, I know, so I know, but far. are
1: are they still trying to win? What do you like can you can you answer that question honestly and say yes, I think the Blackhawks are still trying to win the Stanley Cup.
0: They're clearly not trying to lose. And I'm not saying that like flippantly, like every team wants to win games. It's like, no, I'm saying they're not doing what it would take to lose enough games to potentially get back into the NHL draft lottery and get a high pick next year.
1: I guess we got to see what the next, you know, seven to 10 days bring for the Blackhawks, because today it is 827 p.m. on September 28th, 2020, and I've got no clue what the Blackhawks have in store.
0: No. I will say that we are we will get some answers next week. The NHL draft, I think, is going to be really interesting for the Blackhawks. I'm looking forward to breaking that down uh, in our next podcast. I've got some guys in the first round that I do have my eye on. And remember, I was on the Kirby Dock train before yes, they picked were. him. I'm just saying. So I have been looking at a couple of guys. I've got a couple of names to throw by you, Jay. Then we've got free agency starting up next week. It's going to be, you know what, we'll we'll get some clarity. And obviously that clarity might result in us being like, okay, what the hell is this nonsense? But, hey, <laughs> clarity is clarity, man.
1: Clarity one way or the other. And look for a draft preview episode coming out this Friday with Ryan Wagman of McKean's Hockey. We're going to record that one uh, Friday afternoon and get it out to you uh, quickly afterwards. So I'd look around uh, 3 or 4 o'clock on Friday for the official Madhouse podcast podcast nhl draft preview with ryan wagman but until then thank you for tuning in to this episode of the madhouse chicago hockey podcast we always appreciate it uh, again hit us up madhouse at gmail.com or on twitter at madhousepod. go to our social media bios you'll see that link tree link it will take you everywhere from madhousepod.com to links to all of our uh you know apple podcast spotify whatever link to purchase my blackhawks book which i'd greatly appreciate uh, everywhere you need to go Madhouse podcast wise, you can find on that link tree link in our social media bio. So until next time, from my partner, James Neville, my name is Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you
0: by Triple Threat Sports, Marischka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop.